0: Come into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason and we have some football to talk about today. It's everyone's favorite day of the week here on Wake and Take. It's Monday, which means we're going to go game by 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 game telling you what you need to know about every team's performance from yesterday's game. So without further ado, let's sit back, let's relax, let's take out our coffee, let's sip it, and let's enjoy the show good morning ruckus good morning anthony good morning positive grouch and good morning to you guys on the TikTok and the instagram chef and ambitious i hope you are all doing well chase asks by game i hope i didn't miss a game there are 12 games i don't know how many buy games i said but by game 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 By game, by game, by game are the things that we're going to be talking about today. And you know, we'll start things off, right? We've got to choose a game to start with. So we'll start with this one. We'll go with the Steelers and the Browns. The Steelers and the Browns was a football game. Let Let that be known. It was definitely a football game that happened. And the Browns won 13 to 10. This was Dorian Thompson Robinson's Second start, but you know, kind of, kind of first one being like announced the starter rest of season, like the mentality is a little different than what it was earlier in the season going in as a fill in. And well, DTR came out and he won the game. It wasn't that he played super well. He was 24-43. He had 165 yards. He had no touchdowns. He threw an interception. He only had 20 yards on the ground. But still, I mean, like he he looked okay and he executed a game-winning drive. And that's about all you can ask for uh from a backup quarterback, especially one that's a rookie, especially one that played really, really poorly in their last start. So I'll just give a small clap, just a small clap for DTR to pull off this win. And a big takeaway here is that David Njoku, if we're gonna assume that the that the usage continues, uh David Njoku is clearly it's clearly, Dorian Thompson Robinson's favorite target. He had 15 targets in this game. Took seven of them in for 56 yards. Of course, not a ton of stats when you look at seven receptions for 56 yards, but you see that 15 targets, especially for a tight end, and that's that's phenomenal to be completely honest. So if you can get Injoku really, really cheap right now, I, I guess it wouldn't be cheap, but just you know the regular Injoku price because his 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 uh, price isn't going to go up for a seven reception, 56 yard game, and those 15 targets. That's something special, especially for a tight end. So if you can get him, if you're weak at tight end, you know, maybe throw a second his way, maybe you know try to upgrade at tight end or something, I think it'd definitely be worth it because I can't imagine that that type of usage doesn't continue. That's a trend, right? 15 targets for one player, especially when no one else had more than eight. Amari Cooper had eight targets. Elijah Moore had seven. So when you see that, more than double targets for one person, That's something you need to pay attention to. So look for David Njoku to continue to be fed with DTR at the helm, uh, really for the rest of the season. And also, as expected on Friday, we kind of talked about it a little bit. I expected the Browns to lean on the run game a decent bit, which actually they didn't do. I mean, they threw the ball 43 times, right? But Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt both had 12 carries. Both had 30-something rush yards, but at least Jerome Ford scored that touchdown, saving the fantasy manager's day and making my start uh, Jerome Ford decision on Friday looking a little bit better than it would have without that touchdown. Now, for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett is just – so it's not – I want to say over because the Steelers are just not really going to be able to replace him, uh, at least cheap and in the draft. So I'm not going to say over but he's definitely not the answer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett has had way too much time now, uh, and it's just not doing anything. 15 of 28, 106 yards, no touchdowns. His leading receiver was George Pickens, who only had four receptions for 38 yards. I mean, that's just not good. That's not good. He's not operating this offense really well, and he's also not even doing really much of his Konami code stuff either. Like, he's not scrambling or running that much, and there's sure as hell no designed runs for him. So, Kenny Pickett uh looking like and it wasn't even like his cap his draft capital was a lot but looking like a true bust because I know that that was kind of the main target for a lot of us myself included for those kind of uh middle to late round quarterback dart throws was Kenny Pickett was one because we thought that he'd operate uh on the ground a little bit give us a little bit of a rushing floor and the Steelers would be a good offense but uh really none of that has been true to be completely honest and it starts with Kenny Pickett so he's Not looking good. I can't imagine anything turns around for him either, or really this Steelers offense. But Jalen Warren is starting to just completely run away with this backfield. He was announced the, you know, kind of the ceremonial starter last week. And then that kind of continued this week as he had nine carries for 129 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that coming from one play, but still. Easily the more efficient running back between him and Najee Harris. Najee Harris had three more carries and a hundred less yards. Najee Harris had 12 carries for 35 yards. And he's just not looking good. He really isn't. Um, And and that's one of my bigger disappointments of the season. I still can't wrap my head around a guy like Najee Harris, who had such a good rookie season and an okay season last year. He had over a thousand yards last season while playing through a Liz Frank injury all year. And then this year he comes out, he should have been fully healthy. You know, and he just sucks. I don't I don't really get it. Nashi Harris is like kind of the, the weirdest football players of this season, to be completely honest. I, I can't wrap my head around it. He's dust. He sucks. He's bad at football. Jalen Warren is the new Tony Pollard out in Pittsburgh. No other big takeaways from this game. Just, you know, just what I said. So we'll go ahead and move on to the Lions-Bears, which was definitely a much more exciting game. This went almost exactly as I expected it to. Uh, As as I had said, with Justin Fields making his first return from a thumb injury, I didn't expect him to throw the ball that much. In fact, I expected a huge ground game from Justin Fields, and that's exactly what we got. Justin Fields had 18 carries, 18 carries for 104 yards. That was spectacular, and he looked good doing it in the air. It wasn't terrible either. He was 16 of 23. He had 169 yards and a touchdown with no turnover. So Justin Fields is definitely back, and he's going to make a really nice fantasy football push for those of you who held on to him or perhaps even traded for him. I know I'm excited in my Trade Gods League. I traded for him early in the season. I've just obviously been having him in my IR the last few weeks, uh, and it's been a grind because my other two quarterbacks are Bryce Young and Kenny Pickett. So I'm happy to have Justin Fields back, and this is just the beginning. As he gets more comfortable throwing the ball, he's going to run the ball and throw the ball more. But to see him have almost as many carries as he did pass attempts, that's pretty cool to see for us who want that rushing floor. So good for Justin Fields. He's back. It's awesome. Congratulations to everyone that still has him uh, because it's going to be a nice push rest of season. Now, with him in the passing game, he did get DJ Moore some revival. DJ Moore finally showing signs of life. Seven receptions off of nine targets. 96 yards and a touchdown again a lot of that came from one play but still really good to see the explosion from dj Moore that we had been missing with tyson Bagent at the helm what's also important to note about this is that no other player on the bears had more than 25 receiving yards or five targets so nine targets for him 96 yards no one else even had five targets or 25 yards so dj Moore killing it he's back justin field's back brown bears offense looking good now, for the running backs, this was something that we were really excited to look at. This was something that we needed an answer to. This was going to be Khalil Herbert's first game back, so we were not only curious about what usage he would get, but also what kind of usage Rashawn Johnson and Deontay Foreman would have. Well, of course, Khalil Herbert got the bulk of the carries, 16 carries for him, which he only took for 35 yards, and he only had two receptions for six yards, so not the best day for him, but can't press the panic button as it was first game back from injury against a kind of tough Detroit Lions defense. But... We did see Roshan Johnson look a lot more efficient. Roshan Johnson had six carries for 30 yards. Deontay Foreman had six carries for 14 yards and a touchdown. He did get injured at one point. Uh, so not sure if this is entirely what the usage will look like, but I do like the idea of this basically 50% for Khalil Herbert, 25 for Roshan, 25 for Foreman. I think that makes a certain amount of sense to me. So I think that that's what we're going to be having here for the Bears. I'm going to give it kind of one more week before setting that in stone. But still, Khalil Herbert, the lead back here with Roshana Johnson and uh, Foreman uh, kind of figuring in at random points throughout this game uh, and probably rest of season as well. I imagine we'll carry like that. Now, of course, Justin Fields is the main person you want on this Bears offense. Like, he, he's the one getting the bulk of the carries. He's the one getting the bulk of the rush yards. Uh, so... Uh, you know, if you can maybe get something decent for Khalil Herbert, which I doubt you can, given he didn't have a good game. Uh, but something to explore, for sure. Now, the Lions. The Lions, oh, baby. Tons to talk about here. I, I, the Lions make a comeback victory. They were down 12 with, like, four minutes left. They pulled it off. It was exciting. Uh, and really just a good game all around from them, starting with the running backs. Again, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, both good fantasy football ath- assets. Both basically the new Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram from a few years back. David Montgomery, 12 carries, 76 yards at a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs, only eight carries, but 36 yards and a touchdown. Plus, the more important part, six receptions for 59 yards. And this is what I kind of said would happen with him. I felt like last week's game where it was just a complete shootout against the Chargers was a little less indicative of what kind of split we could expect from these guys. I said that I still felt that David Montgomery was more than likely the the 1A the uh, when it comes to who's going to get the most carries now, Jameer Gibbs is still getting the more important carries. He got the first rushing touchdown goal line carry. So that's cool to see, but they still do use David Montgomery in the, you know, I have to run the ball scenario. The the David Montgomery is that running back and that's fine. We'll allow that because both of these guys are going to be efficient. And like we saw, Jameer Gibbs is going to be able to get it done in the receiving game, six receptions for 59 yards. This is what we can expect. Ten or more touches for both of these guys with, for Gibbs, five of them at least coming in receiving game, uh, really rest of season from now on. Jameer Gibbs is definitely a locked in RB1, um, which is awesome. Just awesome. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, the leading receiver here. That's never really going to change. 8 of 11 for 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The big story in terms of the receiving game is Jamison Williams, who I am officially saying is here. Jamison Williams is here. I know it's just two receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown, but Dan Campbell came out after the game and said that Jamison Williams is officially part of the herd and has been accepted and has earned the trust of his teammates. And after the game, he went out and handed out turkeys to the community, which is something you love to see. Just the extra steps. We see Jamison Williams working so So hard, whether it be as a blocker, in practice, in the community, and now the coach coming out and saying he's officially a part of the herd and that he's been accepted by the team and earned the trust of his teammates now, he's here. He's here. Further evidence by the fact that DPJ only had one target that he didn't even reel in. The big play threat, Jamison Williams, is here to stay. I think you could easily throw him in your flex rest of season. Call me crazy, but I'm doing it. Next game, we had the Chargers, Packers, and no matter what, Justin Herbert just can't get it done. I don't know what it is. Obviously, it starts with Brandon Staley and the defense sucking. But Justin Herbert in this game, 21-36, 260 yards and two touchdowns, eight carries for 73 rush yards. So getting it done everywhere. And I have to feel for him because you could see the frustration on him all game. Like, literally all game, especially towards the end, though. I mean, like, throwing up his hands, receivers dropping it. Austin Eckler couldn't really get much going on the ground. Uh, It was just a bad game from the Chargers all around, except for Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, of course, coming in the clutch. long sleeve. Keenan Allen will always produce 10 receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. Top five wide receiver rest of season easily. The big problem here, though, is the Chargers overall. It's just, I mean, obviously Keenan Allen's going to be fine, but Austin Eckler has kind of been disappointing since his return. And Justin Herbert, as hard as he's trying, can't pull off these wins. They just can't. Now, why don't they win this game? Well, obviously it doesn't always come down to one play, but they surely had a chance and they put the ball in the hands, the buttery hands, of Quentin Johnston, who drops what would probably have been the game-winning 70-yard touchdown, hit him right in the hands, would have been able to walk in. I mean, he was burning the corner and just dropped it. After being the second wide receiver drafted, Quentin Johnston is the 22nd rookie wide receiver in receiving yards with only 183 through now 11 weeks and 19th in receptions. He has 20 catches as a first-round wide receiver through 11 weeks of football. I mean, he's it's over. It's over in terms of him being a wide receiver one in fantasy football. However, I'm a little encouraged by what Brandon Staley said after the game. He got fired up. I don't know if you guys saw this video, but he was fired up a basically a reporter had been saying what the fantasy football community has been saying forever. What's going on with Quentin Johnson? For the most part, he sucked. And Brandon Staley is like, well, he had a really good camp and all this fun stuff. But he was like mad, like mad. I had never seen him look so frustrated, uh, really at all. And he was just fired up. And he defended Quentin Johnson said that we're still going to go back to him. We're still going to give him the ball. He's still going to be a good player. Justin Herbert's still going to look his way. So I'm not concerned in the fact that I think he's you know, lost his job. That's not how this works. We've seen wide receivers drop big passes like that all the time. Look back last season, week one, Christian Watson's first game in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers throws it deep, wide open Christian Watson, hits him right in the hands, and he drops it. But then later in the season, of course, Christian Watson figures it out and becomes a really good fantasy football asset, breaking records for touchdowns and everything. So I'm not going to press the panic button over one drop. What I'm pressing the panic over button over is the fact he hasn't done anything all season. That's the real issue here. So, I, I mean, I, I'm a little upset at everyone just getting mad about one drop. It's one drop. And of course, compounded with some other drops would mean he had 100% catch rate last week. And I know it was a bad drop, but these things happen especially for young wide receivers, especially for young wide receivers who are already bad at catching in college. So just give it some time. This is going to take way longer than we wanted it to, but he's still the only wide receiver in this offense outside of Keenan Allen. So he's still going to get some volume and some usage, and he's still going to get some opportunity and he's still going to get fed just like the coach said. So if you've got him, unfortunately you've still got to hold him. I'm never, ever going to be one to say, to say sell low on this guy. I I don't, I don't think he'll ever be anything special, but when we talk about busts with first round draft capital, it's usually not never startable in fantasy football for their entire career type bust. It is usually like, okay, this guy now becomes a wide receiver three with some contingent upside, right? And that could be the case here for Quentin Johnson, a guy who will maybe get you five to 10 points a game. Obviously not good, but not the worst when attached to the Chargers offense. And there's still some upside here. So honestly... I would be acquiring Quinn and Johnston for a third round pick if I could. Uh, I mean, like, I I don't mind rostering him if I have to be honest with you guys. But still, terrible drop. Mainly the reason the Chargers lose the game. But uh, in football, it never comes down to one play. There are a lot of other opportunities in this. Sucks for the Chargers. Sucks for Justin Herbert. And, I mean, it's not getting any better. They've got to fire Brandon Staley if they want to get any better and figure something out because he's definitely not the answer at the head coach position. Position. Not uh, job, <laughs> um, but for the Packers, this is exciting stuff. We talked about it earlier in the year about Jordan Love not being able to play full halves of football, can't do anything until the second half. And I joked that, you know, from week nine onward, Jordan Love would be a good quarterback because he likes the second half. Uh, well, that's kind of been the case. That's kind of been the case. It was totally a joke and I didn't mean it as true analysis, but Jordan Love has come to life these past couple weeks now in the second half of the season. Uh, In this game, 322 yards and two touchdowns, and he threw the ball to 10 different receivers. So that deserves a little round of applause. Spreading it around and getting everyone some relevancy is what you want to see, especially from a young quarterback. But really just good fantasy football quarterbacks in general. That's what they all have in common. And so Jordan Love, I am officially in on, uh, and and I think he's going to be good, man. I really do. In this game, Dontavian Wicks, the leading receiver, a guy that we had talked about a few weeks ago to keep your eye on, he's continuously getting some volume, looking good, uh, 91 yards for him. Romeo Dobbs got a touchdown and five receptions. Jaden Reed got a touchdown and four receptions, plus three carries. Jaden Reed had 82 yards yesterday, 46 receiving and 46 rushing, scored the touchdown on the ground, so that was awesome to see. Christian Watson, only two receptions, but scored a touchdown, so that was cool to see. And then even for the tight ends, they didn't really have much production, but Luke Musgrave got himself six targets, so still getting the volume. And Tucker Kraft got himself two receptions as well. So everyone is getting involved in this game, and that is really good to see. Uh, And I expect it to continue, really. I think that you can comfortably flex any of these Packers receivers uh, and the tight end, Luke Musgrave. I think Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and now even Dontavian Wicks in your deeper leagues are all startable and it starts with the quarterback jordan love who's you know spreading it around and playing some good football right now so just a quick little clap for jordan love looking good the past couple weeks and beating the chargers so good for him the next game we have is the raiders dolphins uh we'll start things off with i guess the raiders they're playing really good football uh they really are they lose this game 13 to 20 but i mean you know that we see this life from them and that's just really, really cool to see. Um, Aiden O'Connell, 24 of 41, 271 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. That's fine. Obviously you don't want to see the three interceptions, but when you see it getting used the way that it is all basically going to Devonte Adams, you've got to feel excited. Devonte Adams, seven of 13 for 82 yards and a touchdown again. That's the game plan for the Raiders. Get the ball in your playmakers' hands, and they'll do something. That's all it takes, and I just love seeing it. And what's also awesome is that in this game, you know, last week Devontae Adams was getting all the usage. In this game, still the majority, but the other guys all stepped up too. Hunter Renfro had five targets. Jacoby Myers had five targets. Michael Mayer had five targets, and they all had decent games in PPR. But what I want to talk about mostly is Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro brought in all five of his targets for 42 yards, had a really cool play where he hurtled and was scrambling around. Uh, Pretty cool. Pretty cool from Hunter Renfro. Uh, So that's awesome to see. Uh, For the Dolphins, all the running backs got hurt, except for Raheem Mostert in this game. Jeff Wilson was a healthy scratch, so he'll definitely be out there next week. So keep holding on to him. If he was dropped in your league because he was a healthy scratch, go pick him up for sure. But – don't press the panic button on Devon Achan either. Mike McDaniel came out after the game and said that somebody had just landed on the same knee that he had already injured and they didn't want to risk it. They did say that Devon Achan felt like he could go back out there and play and that it was McDaniel that held him out. So he should be back next week. Everything should be fine. Uh, so that's cool. That's good. Uh, obviously sucks that we didn't get him back in this game, but it is what it is. Raheem Mostert, 22 carries for 86 yards. Uh, And for the wide receivers, Tyreek Hill continues his pace for 2,000 yards. It is inevitable at this point. He's going to have 2,000 yards. And this one, 10 receptions for 140 yards and two, or sorry, that was Saquon, 146 yards and one touchdown. Great game for Tyreek Hill. He's hitting 2,000. And guys, keep asking your questions here on TikTok and Instagram. We'll definitely get to those at the back of the show. Sorry to make you upset, Brad. This is just the way we do things. We talk about the games and then we answer your questions. Sorry, I'm not answering your trade question in the middle of giving you some information to TikTok, Brad. Next game, we have the Giants Commanders. The Giants win the game, 31 to 19. What? <laughs> what? Good for that. Good for that, right? The Commanders playing really, really good football the last few weeks, probably decided to sleep on the Giants and not prep for this one or something because the Giants looked amazing. And it was led by Tommy DeVito, who had 18 completions out of 26 attempts, 246 yards, three touchdowns without turning the ball over. And he was even hitting some of this stuff, the little like uh, Italian hand thing. That was cool to see. That was fun to see. Uh, So that's awesome. And his leading receiver, Darius Slayton. Who would have thought? Four receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Good for him. Good for him to see that. But as expected, Saquon Barkley, the focal point of this offense, and that is why I've been screaming to trade for him since Daniel Jones was out for the season. Saquon is the is the offense here. I know Tommy DeVito had three touchdowns, but two of them went to Saquon, who had 140 total yards, uh, four receptions, 14 carries. Incredible usage from Saquon Barkley, uh, and and it's going to continue, guys. So so uh, you probably missed the buy window for sure, but you know congratulations to, to those of you who held on to him. Because uh, he's going to have a ton of volume and production going forward. And Tommy DeVito, I don't know if he'll be able to keep it up, but I hope he can. Because that's a fun little story here. And I imagine he will. I imagine he will. Usually you get these good games and you kind of ride the confidence a little bit. So I think Tommy DeVito is, you know, he'll be fine the rest of the season. And uh, he already has more touchdowns this season than Zach Wilson. Uh, So for Zach Wilson, for sure. For the commanders, I don't know what happened here. Sam Howell, 31 to 45, 255 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions. Uh he did get himself a rushing touchdown, so that's cool. Uh and Jahan Dotson scored himself a touchdown. So that's cool. But they didn't really do too much in terms of really anything. The only player that was worth noting was Brian Robinson, who's the leading receiver yet again, 17 carries for 73 yards, but then seven receptions and nine targets. For 58 receiving yards, Brian Robinson is coming to life in this receiving game. There's now back-to-back weeks for him being the leading receiver on the Commanders, which is really surprising. Uh, oh, I mean, Jesus, uh, Brian Robinson looking like one of the better values in drafts as the season continues to go on. I mean, he was going after Antonio Gibson in most drafts I was a part of, and now he's, I mean, way ahead of Antonio Gibson. But I mean, finding himself in RB1 territory week in, week out, so, I mean, What a stud, to be completely honest. Brian Robinson looking good, and to see 7 of 9, that's fantastic. Good for him. Good for him. The next game we have, the Cowboys-Panthers. And I thought, you know, I was obviously worried here about Bryce Young, but at least he survived the game. That's my takeaway here. Not a good game from him. 16 uh, completions, 123 yards, only one touchdown, plus an interception and a fumble. But he got Adam Thielen there, eight receptions for him, 74 yards for Thielen. No complaints. You know, PPR, that is what it is. The Dallas Cowboys, of course, run away with the game, 33-10. Dak Prescott somehow does all this with only 189 yards and two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, somehow a good day again with only 38 receiving yards, but he gets that touchdown. Uh, And Brandon Cooks, surprisingly the Cowboys' leading receiver with only 42 yards. So the Cowboys' offense didn't need to do much in the air uh, yesterday to still win this game, to still dominate this game. So this Cowboys, uh, they're fired up since their loss against the Eagles, really. uh, And I'm expecting some noise rest of season and in the playoffs. Tony Pollard, finally, finally Tony Pollard, 61 rush yards and a touchdown, plus four receptions and 19 yards. So good for Tony Pollard to finally show some signs of life. I hope he can continue. Still not incredibly explosive, but you can't complain about 80 all-purpose yards and a touchdown touchdown. Not really, but we want to see some more from him. Uh, but I'm not going to say it's over yet. I know last week was kind of the rock bottom floor for him. I think he'll trend back up and he'll be fine. Obviously, don't sell him. Well, actually, you might be able to sell him now with this bounce back. We'll see. Depends on Depends on what you could get. Maybe explore. Maybe put him on the block. Um, but yeah, that's the Cowboys. The Panthers, real quick. Sorry, I didn't note this. Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders, this backfield split is getting much closer, so make sure you pay attention to that. Uh, Chuba actually had less carries this time. Miles Sanders, 11 Chuba Hubbard, 10. Chuba did outperform him, 57 rush yards versus 50. But still, this is looking like a much closer backfield split than it had been the past couple weeks. And that should have been expected as they are paying Miles Sanders so much money. And that's why contracts are so, so, so important to pay attention to. The next game we have is the Jaguars-Titans. The Jags-Titans, a divisional game. It is what it is, right? Will Levis, just uh, a great first game for Will Levis, and this game's fine, right, but I'm also confused as how he only has 17 pass attempts through a whole football game, luckily he gets 158 yards and two touchdowns, so that's good, he did fumble the ball once, that's fine, it is what it is, but DeAndre Hopkins scores a touchdown, Uh, but Derrick Henry only 10 carries for 38 yards, TyJ Spears only six touches for 26 yards, Uh, it's, this Titans offense is just really, really bad right now, and I'm not sure if you really want a piece of it, to be completely honest with you, Uh, I don't know what piece of it you'd want. I mean, maybe DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but Derrick Henry, I I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, He normally would defeat the Jaguars really all himself, but he gets nothing done in this game. It's obviously starts with the offensive line, but this Titans team is just not good right now and they're not going to get any better. I do think they'll be good for 2024, but will have definitely a a flash in the pan from his first start. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll, we'll probably have to look for 2024 for this to look completely right. Uh, when they move on, really, from Henry Tannehill, get some pieces for those guys. Then they can try to rebuild. For the Jaguars, though, we finally saw Trevor Lawrence bounce back. Uh, he had two touchdowns. He had 262 yards, no turnovers, so that was cool, but the big story here is Calvin Ridley, who had seven receptions for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns for Calvin Ridley. That is awesome. Of course it comes when he's every on everyone's bench, right? When he's on everyone's bench, he's going to do this, but that's just how it goes. That's fantasy football for you. Uh, if you have a receiver like Calvin Ridley, you honestly just can't bench him. Even if it's been terrible because these types of games happen. Um, and it was really just him. I like Christian Kirk didn't do much. Evan Ingram didn't do much. Travis ETN didn't even do much. He only had 17 touches for 59 yards. Tank Bigsby had nine touches. De- Dearness Johnson had eight touches. So I'm honestly not sure why they're starting to work in these backup running backs more than they had been. Uh, definitely something to keep your eye on going forward. I hope Travis Etienne can go back to having, you know, 80, 90% of the opportunity. Um, but uh, you know, if he doesn't, he doesn't. And you'll have to figure out which of these backup running backs. So last week, it looked like Dearness Johnson was going to run away with the backup job. But then Tank Bigsby comes back. So I'm assuming if Travis Etienne does get hurt, we're talking about a split backfield between Tank Bigsby and Dearness Johnson and probably Jermichael Hasty. So if you've been holding on to Bigsby in the hopes that he would be a bell cow if Etienne went down, that's not the case. You can probably safely trade him in Dynasty. I think that you could get a decent return for him given that he's a rookie. If you can still get a third round pick for him, I'm doing it. I would move on from Tank Bigsby because he's lost the 1B, I guess, or the the 2A job. It's it's going to be a split backfield if ETN gets hurt. And at that point, it's probably not even worth it as, I mean, the Jaguars pass the ball more than run anyway. The next game we have is the Uh, Texans-Cardinals. CJ Stroud showing some humanity. CJ Stroud has three interceptions in this game uh, with, of course, two touchdowns and 336 yards, so you can't complain. Uh, and he can't complain either. They still win the game. And he came out after. He was like, Steph Curry doesn't stop shooting if he has a bad day. I'm going to keep slinging it. So that's awesome to see from CJ Stroud that the three interceptions isn't going to get to him. Of course, that's probably going to hurt his MVP chances if he you know keeps throwing interceptions. But still, but still, they're going to pull off wins. They're finding themselves in the playoffs now. The Texans are extremely exciting to watch. And it's Tank Dell, man. Tank Dell is very good at football. And this just goes to show that you can't just give away your third-round picks in in Dynasty for free because, you know, he was going third, fourth round sometimes fifth round. So these late-round rookie picks that are traded all season, seemingly a throw-in, but, I mean, you can get players like Tank Dell, who in this game had 149 yards and a touchdown. Last week was phenomenal. I mean, really just been phenomenal all season. Uh, Just goes to show, right? Just don't don't trade away your late-round picks for free. Try to actually get something for them nico collins in case you're wondering he did actually out target tank dell so don't press the panic button on him he still had seven receptions for 65 yards better days ahead uh he might not be you know the number one receiver but he's still like the second receiver uh the second option here even i would say the one b if i'm gonna be honest with you so look for nico collins to still of course be startable a wide receiver two fringe wide receiver three maybe rest of season but you want any piece of that Texans offense and Nico Collins has way more upside than his value presents itself to be so I would be looking to acquire him and really just any Texan one thing to note here also is in the run game Devin Singletary has another 100 yard game he had 112 yards and a touchdown pretty good for him I'm concerned about what Damian Pierce is going to have when he comes back because this is now back-to-back weeks where Devin Singletary has looked phenomenal and run away with this backfield. No one else in this game had a carry, not even a single carry. Uh so that's a concern for sure for Damian Pierce because at the very least Devin Singletary is not going to give up much. I would say at most we're going to see a 50-50 when Damian Pierce comes back. And that's at most I would not be surprised if Devin Singletary continues having a 60 or more percent opportunity share uh, when Damian Pierce comes back. Damian Pierce still going to get those, of course, maybe maybe the goal line carries. But everything else I think could honestly go to Devin Singletary. He's looking good. And so I am definitely panicking if I'm a Damian Pierce owner, 100%. For the Cardinals, Dorch the Torch is back. That was something I was not expecting uh, when watching this game, when looking at these stats, six. Receptions for him off of eight targets. The leading target getter in this game was Craig Dortch, uh, So he's available in, I believe, 100% of leagues. I, I am in some deep, deep, deep leagues where he's still available. So Greg Dortch needs to be rostered again. Time is a flat circle. Crazy that, uh, that Kyler Murray likes him so much, but he looked good. 76 yards for him, the leading receiver in this game. Rondale Moore had a 48-yard touchdown reception, but it was only one target for him. So don't go trading for Rondale Moore. You're still not going to be able to comfortably start him. He's still a DFS play at best. That's still a good stash. I like his profile, and I like his usage. Uh, of course, he gets that touchdown, but it's still not enough to try to pay up for. I'm sure lots of people are going to be trying to sell him right now, but I don't think you should pay up for him. Uh, Trey McBride continuously being fed seven targets this time, brought in five of them for 43 yards. So that's awesome for tied up premium leagues. And then you've got to start scratching your head. You've got to start wondering what's going on with Marquise Brown, who now only in back-to-back games has been bad. And in this game, two, two receptions for 18 yards off of five targets. So not sure what's going on here. We've seen a great connection with him and Kyler Murray last season. Not sure what happened with it. Uh, I will say that Marquise Brown is probably an excellent buy low option because this is now back-to-back games where he's been bad. And I'm sure that the owners seeing Greg Dortch play so well uh, is panicking. Uh, I'm sure they're panicking now. So I think that you should definitely go out and trade for Marquise Brown. Probably don't trade for him to start him, wait to see a week, but still probably a guy that you could acquire for maybe a second round pick. And it's probably worth it because I mean, even if he's not on the Cardinals next season, he's going to fetch a pretty penny in the trade market and probably be a good producer elsewhere as he has been really his entire career. He's basically like a, like a Brandon cooks light in terms of his always producing without really getting much name equity. And lastly, Kyler Murray, not the best of games, but not the worst of games, 214 passing yards and a touchdown, 51 rush yards and a touchdown did throw himself an interception. And without that interception, they probably win this game, but still he's still kind of recovering, still getting back into game speed after missing all season. Just to see him have the 51 rush yards and a touchdown is a win enough in my book. So Kyler Murray, awesome. Glad to see it. Love him. And the Cardinals, looking at 2024, are going to be awesome. I still contend that the Cardinals are not going to pick Caleb Williams and that they'll trade their pick away. Uh, So look for Kyler Murray. And really, this offense to not change. Actually, yeah, I think that Marquise Brown will stay with the Cardinals too. So honestly, buy low for sure and just hold on to him. That's a good one. Next game we have is the Buccaneers 49ers. The Buccaneers 49ers was a really good game for Brock Purdy, who finishes the day with 333 yards and three touchdowns. No turnovers. Perfect passer rating in history. The first San Francisco 49er quarterback to have a perfect passer rating while throwing the ball more than 20 times. Joe Montana did it once, but he only threw the ball 17 times. And to add on to that, over the last two weeks, Brock Purdy has a passer rating of 157.3. Close to perfect, but not quite. But that is the highest passer rating in a two-game span by any quarterback. Any quarterback in NFL history. Brock Purdy's elite. Yes, it starts with the San Francisco 49ers offensive weapons uh, being healthy. But as we say time and time again, just being able to operate the offense with the healthy weapons takes some skill as well. And so Brock Purdy, an elite quarterback, Really good understanding of this offense. Really good understanding of football in general. And will continue to be really, really good as the season goes on, as his weapons stay healthy. Brandon Ayuk, 156 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, 89 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, 63 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 103 yards and a touchdown. Everyone on San Francisco was on fire yesterday, and it's not going to change. Every 49er is needing to be started rest of season. Yes, that includes Debo Samuel. Don't even think about it. And for the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield tried his best. They almost were able to kind of get within comeback range. They went down 27-7, to got themselves up to 27-14, to had a couple more drives, but really just couldn't get it going. Baker Mayfield, only 246 yards and a touchdown with two turnovers. Mike Evans, only five receptions for 43 yards. Luckily scores himself the touchdown. Chris Godwin remains quiet. Not sure what's going on with him. This has probably been the most disappointing season uh, for Chris Godwin really ever. And I'm a little upset about it. Six receptions for 39 yards. Nothing else. Even Kate Otten is doing better. Kate Otten was the leading receiver yesterday with four receptions for 49 yards. He's continuously getting these targets, and that's good to see. Kate Otten, Kate Otten, Kate Otten, cheap tight end, but startable every week, and that's what you love to see. The big story here is Rashad White, who now has 100 yards or a touchdown in five straight games. In this one, 30 rush yards and a touchdown and 28 receiving yards. Really good game from him. Uh, Really the only Buccaneer the last few weeks that's been consistent so congratulations to everyone in the player profiler community that trusted our guidance on him as he's just getting so much volume that he has to produce. So five straight games with 100 yards or a touchdown. Low round of applause for Rashad White and Rashad White Truthers. The next game was the Bills Jets. And the Bills, with their first game with new offensive coordinator Joe Brady, scored the most points against the Jets in, I believe, like two seasons. I can't remember the last time a team scored 30 points on the Jets. to they win this game. Josh Allen, 275 yards and three touchdowns with an interception. Khalil Shakir, the leading receiver with 115 yards and a touchdown. Of course, 80 of it coming off of one play. But still, really good to see that from Khalil Shakir. Dalton Kincaid, continuously being amazing. Six receptions off of seven targets for 46 yards. That's awesome to see. Continuously being fed. Love myself some Dalton Kincaid. Really, all these rookie tight ends are just awesome. And James Cook, 102 yards and a touchdown, 20 touches for James Cook. That's what we've been needing to see all season. So I'm glad that that's kind of been one of Joe Brady's new things is just making sure James Cook gets the ball. And what's interesting is he also resuscitated Ty Johnson. Now, I'm not sure if this is, you know, a revenge game kind of situation here, but Ty Johnson, three receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown, got himself a revenge TD against his former team in New York. I Leonard Fournette that's where I'll go with this if Ty Johnson is doing this when does Leonard Fournette figure in because he still hasn't been activated from the practice squad and now Ty Johnson is being a good receiver I don't know when or if Leonard Fournette is going to be activated at all for this Bills team because we're not even hearing anything about it so I'm a little worried about Leonard Fournette I'm not gonna lie I'm really not going to lie here, because not only is James Cook starting to look better, even Ty Johnson is. And Latavius Murray also had himself 10 carries yesterday as well. So uh, the Bills running game, not really anything you want to be a part of, especially if it's Leonard Fournette. I mean, I think the only one you want is James Cook. Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on it. Of course, that's my job here at Wake and Take, giving you guys the news and the information that you need to know. Um, Leonard Fournette might be someone you have to drop. Might be, might be someone you have to drop and redraft and maybe even dynasty because, I, I mean, you're not really going to get anything from him at this point. What, what are you even going to see? It's going to take an injury to happen, and in that case, it, it might not even happen. We could be just looking at a three-headed backfield with Ty Johnson, Latavius Murray, and Leonard Fournette if James Cook got hurt. So not much upside there, to be completely honest. I think if you could get anything, even if it's fab for Leonard Fournette, I might do it. For the Jets. Zach Wilson ended up getting benched. Now, was the game out of hand? So, I I mean, and I know I'm seeing the reports this morning that Robert Saleh is kind of changing his tone uh, and not announcing Zach Wilson as the starter yet. But I assume he will be. It's not like Tim Boyle came in and played well. He was 7-14 for 33 yards and an interception. Zach Wilson was 7-15 for 81 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Tim Boyle's not better than Zach Wilson. I know Zach Wilson's not good, but Tim Boyle's not any better. Uh, They just performed some franchise malpractice by not bringing in a quarterback before the trade deadline that's really the big issue here uh Tim Boyle's not going to turn it around big concerns though as this is the first time that we've seen Garrett Wilson not get it done he had eight targets only brought in two of them for nine yards so he's not you know uh, someone that you have to start every single week I mean, you probably will because it's Garrett Wilson, but to see this four kind of sucks as it's something we haven't seen yet this season with Zach Wilson. And that's where their concern finally comes from is it's like, okay, now Garrett Wilson's not even getting points. There's an issue here. Something's going wrong. Zach Wilson, I don't know what it is because some games he's looked okay. Like he has looked okay and looking like, okay, this guy can take some strides and improve a little bit. And, you know, at least maybe finish the season, but then you see games like this and it's like, okay, now you see why he's so hated amongst everyone. So it's really weird. Tale of two quarterbacks for Zach Wilson. Not sure which one we're going to get ever again. Probably the bad one, uh, which means it's Brees Hall time. Rest of season. Brees Hall scores the first Jets touchdown in 40 offensive drives. That's right. It took the Jets 40 drives to score a touchdown. They hadn't scored a touchdown in three games. And you guessed it. Brees Hall scored the touchdown in this game and the last offensive touchdown that the Jets scored. Another fun fact, I saw this one on Reddit. The player who scored a touchdown for the Jets before Brees Hall was Bryce Hall on defense. So the last three touchdowns for the Jets have been scored by B. Hall. Brees twice and Bryce once. So that's pretty interesting. Next up, the Jets are gonna sign a guy named Bruce. They need a Brees, a Bryce, and a Bruce Hall. Uh, to to finally have all three and to get this Jets offense clicking. Uh, But congratulations to Brees Hall. Only 23 rush yards, but five receptions for 50 and a touchdown. That's the type of stuff you want to see from him. We've got two more games. The damn Marathon Mondays, guys. The Marathon Mondays, tons to talk about. The Rams, Seahawks, the Rams pull off the win. Cooper Cup got hurt looking like it's an ankle injury, probably going to miss a week, uh, but be back in a couple. Not a severe injury from the reports I've read, but that did open the door for Puka Nakula to score his first touchdown since Cooper Cup returned. He finished the day with five receptions for 70 yards, Um, so that's awesome. Matthew Stafford in his first game back from injury didn't look that good, to be completely honest with you. 17 of 31, 190 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. We'll see that continuously get better and better and better and better as he gets healthier and healthier and healthier, but still slightly concerning to see him not hit a – you know, 200 yards, especially against the Seahawks in a divisional game. You want to see some stuff go. But again, Cooper Cup was hurt in this game. Uh, so it'll probably be better when everyone's at full strength. The good news here is, you know, the Rams looked really good without Cooper Cup. So if he does miss, you know, it's not really that big of a concern for Matthew Stafford. And then that just makes as someone you need to start, which is awesome. I mean, something that we've kind of been questioning week in, week out since Cooper Cup returned. He can go back in your lineup for sure. The Rams running backs I want to talk about for a second here as Kyron Williams is returning next week. Kyron Williams returns next week. So the way this unfolded today is important, or yesterday. Royce Freeman, 17 carries for 73 yards. Daryl Henderson, only six carries, but he did have four receptions. So with Kyron Williams back next week, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys it's going to be a three-headed backfield. I would assume that Kyron Williams gets the bulk But I do think Royce Freeman, because he's looked pretty good, uh, is also going to take a good bit. So I think it's going to be sort of like the Bears split. Um, Henderson, probably the odd man out here. Let's go with like 60, 55 Kyron Williams, 40 Royce Freeman, and like 5% Daryl Henderson is kind of what I'm expecting. Maybe like 50, 40, 10. Uh, but I think that Royce and Kyron are going to be kind of close in week 12. So don't like go, you know, picking up Kyron or trading for Kyron, expecting a full bell cow next week. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they'll ease him in. And I think all of these Rams running backs as Daryl Henderson, as Royce Freeman have both kind of produced in Kyron Williams absence. I think they're still going to earn themselves some snaps upon his return. For the Seahawks, Geno Smith did get hurt at one point, so his stats weren't full, but still 233 yards at a touchdown. He did come back, so no complaints about that injury. DK Metcalf had 94 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett had five receptions and 51 yards. Jackson Smith and Jigba had more than five targets again, brought in three of them for 40 yards. So again, the JSN breakout is still on the table. We'll see a big game at some point. The spike game will happen for JSN. It's just good to see him continuously get five or more targets. That's awesome for JSN. For the running backs, Kenneth Walker did get hurt, and it's looking like he's going to miss at least a couple weeks here with an oblique injury that he picked up. The big story is Zach Charbonnet. As Zach Charbonnet was used as Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet was a true bell cow in his absence. He had 15 carries for 47 yards and also six receptions for 22 yards. Zach Charbonnet was the only running back to get more than one carry outside of Kenneth Walker. DJ Dallas only touched the ball one time with Kenneth Walker injured. So to see Zach Charbonnet get that type of usage is incredibly encouraging. As we said last week, he was kind of the last high-value handcuff that's likely available. So congratulations to everyone that picked him up and rostered him because it's looking like you're going to get a nice couple weeks from him with tons of volume on a decent Seahawks offense. The last game of the night. Was the Broncos Vikings the Broncos win? Uh, in really the last minute here, they get a game winning touchdown from Cortland Sutton, who's now scored in weeks, uh, multiple weeks in a row. That's awesome. Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver you want, as Jerry Judy still not showing much ceiling at all. Russell Wilson, 259 yards and a touchdown, no turnovers. Javante Williams, 11 carries for 37 yards. So, I'm a little concerned about Javante Williams, to be completely honest with you, uh, as he had you know, a couple weeks now looking really, really good. And now he doesn't, uh, especially concerning because Samaje P. Ryan, while he only had one carry, had seven receptions, which is something we had not seen in a hot minute. Seven receptions for 60 yards for Samaje P. Ryan. So that is weird. Something to keep your eye on as we go forward the next few weeks. For the Vikings, the pastor not almost gets it done again, but does fumble. Uh, he actually fumbled the ball three times. Only one of them was lost, Thankfully and through an interception. So a rough game from him, if I'm going to be honest with you. But still 221 pass yards and 21 rush yards with a touchdown in the air and on the ground. He's obviously still awesome. And he loves his tight ends, as TJ Hawkinson had four receptions for 55 yards. But Josh Oliver also had four receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown. That is a total of 11 targets going to the tight ends in this game. He loves them. He loves them. Jordan Addison next up with three receptions for 44 yards, but it was the tight ends in this game who all got it done. The running backs, how did this go? Alexander Madison, 18 carries for 81 yards. Ty Chandler, 10 carries for 73 yards. This is going to be a split going forward. It's going to be like the Cam Akers-Madison, except Ty Chandler is better than Cam Akers. I hate to say it, but Ty Chandler's looking good. I saw a good tweet. He's basically the Jalen Warren to Najee, the Tony Pollard to Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if he's that good, but still he's better than Alexander Madison. And so expect him to still be kind of efficient with his limited opportunities. Someone you still definitely need to roster. We did it. We did it. We talked about all 12 football games. <laughs> Let's go ahead and check out your comments. See you with any questions we have. Uh, and then we'll get you guys out of here as Theo is about to be live with dynasty life. Nice. You traded HN2 and Godwin for Brees Hall, Dawes and Sutton before Sunday. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. But you obviously got a running back upgrade, it looks like, with Achan debrice Even if Achan returns, you love Brees Hall. Uh Sutton is better than Godwin right now. And you know, Tua is better than Dobbs, but I think your upgrades at the other positions are pretty nice. Fun little trade there. You're stuck with Kenny Pickett and on one of your dynasty teams. Me too, Ryan. I honestly, I honestly don't even know what I want for him. I, I might literally go trade Kenny Pickett for Desmond Ritter plus. I that's that's honestly where my head is at, Ryan. Because Desmond Ritter was just announced as the starter rest of season. I honestly think that you will get more points from Desmond Ritter than you will Kenny Pickett. Uh, Will Debo be a bust next few games? No. Uh, Let's see. Can we get a little George Kittle appreciation? Of course. Love myself, George Kittle. Um, Let's see. Go get Dontavian Wicks for sure. Definitely do that. Let's see. Uh, is Tommy treble going to be a thing? Only one reception, but it's four touchdown. This is kind of how it's been a few weeks now, not a few weeks, but I think he's had another touchdown, maybe two this season where he just kind of gets one reception for a touchdown. I think it's just a play that they have. If I'm going to be honest with you, Dakota, I think it's just a play that they have that they sometimes run in the red zone. And so I am not going to say that he's going to be a thing. Uh, you could maybe start him in DFS if you really want to take a risk. Um, but you know, I don't think he's going to be a thing. No, and also it's important to note that Hayden Hurst was out, so um, that's how it goes. Uh, Let's see. Everyone looks amazing versus the Redskins. This is true. Ruckus Henry hasn't done anything all season. This is also true. Would you trade for him though in Dynasty? Depends on the price, but it's honestly looking like no. Like this offensive line is really bad, and Will Levis isn't unlocking this offense in the way that I had expected and said that he was going to. Uh, It's it's honestly just been kind of frustrating the last few weeks outside of the game against Atlanta. Uh, I think they will turn it around in 2024, but I'm not quite sure if Derek Henry is going to be a part of that. So uh, Michael says he wouldn't give more than a third for Henry. I think I'm in the camp. I'd give a second. I would give a second. And if I'm a contender, I might still give my late first and try to get like a little something else on top. But that that's where I'm starting to get a little bit kind of when I think about it. Let's see. Tank Dell is a dog. This is true. Chase literally such a dog. And so is Rondell Moore. Now, of course, you didn't see uh, much from him, but still, he is a dog. Um, Smash the like button for Jason's turtlenecks and neck beard. Yeah, it's nice. I can have the neck beer because I have a turtleneck. It kind of hides it. <laughs> Positive Grouch asks You would get Brian Robinson, Laporta, and Keenan Allen. You'd give up David Montgomery and AJ Brown. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. No, you've got to keep AJ Brown and David Montgomery. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Let's see. Uh, what do you think of trading away IU can haul for Chase and Pollard? I would do it. I would do it. I would do it. Give me Jamar Chase every single every single day of the week. Let's see. Let's see. Kyler scored well in Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, he does. He always scores well. The Bills not activating Leonard Fournette is wild. This is true. I, I don't know if he will at this point. I mean, if Ty Jones is going to look that good, why well, do it? Let's see. Yeah, I do think he'll be... Unleash for the playoffs, Rubio. But, I mean, who knows if they even make the playoffs, right? I think they will. But still, I mean, a lot has to go their way. They're out of it right now. If you have Fournette, would you cut him in redraft? Yes. I actually did drop him in Scott Fishbowl. I'm not going to lie. I really did. Um, Let's see. Panic acquired Dobbs. Hey, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Cool. I think that is all the questions on YouTube. Now let's see, what was the, who, what what did Brad, I think it was Brad on TikTok want. What was his deal? Are we, are we trusting Evan Ingram? Yes. Shayla Moore in a must-start? Yes. Would you trade Josh Jacobs and Javante Williams? Depends on what you can get, but yes. Should we panic on Jamar Chase? No. Justin Fields or Kyler Murray rest of season? Justin Fields. Who I got tonight? Oh, fun. Who I got tonight? Eagles. Am I going to make the playoffs in Scott Fishbowl? I will let you know tomorrow, Ryan. <laughs> I will let you know tomorrow. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. Um... Guys, the guy that was complaining on TikTok didn't even ask a question. He literally didn't even ask a question. <laughs> so I don't know why you're so upset. Uh, would you trade Brees and Alave for Tyreek? No, I would keep Brees and Alave. Well, actually, if it's redraft, yes, uh, Scott. If it is redraft, I would do that. Sometimes I just get in the dynasty mindset. Uh, do I give Mayfield, Thielen, Cook, and Kyron for Herbert, Kamara, and Swift? Yes. Yeah, give me the three better players in that asset. Somebody offered me Chris Olave for Tank Dell. Should I accept? No, go Tank Dell, guys. Tank Dell over Chris Olave. Isn't that crazy? Um, isn't that awesome? Let's see. Do I do Hollywood Brown and Jameer Gibbs for Kyler Murray and Devontae Adams? No. No. Instagram questions. Woo. Running backs. Oh my God. There's a ton. So while I look at this, my Scott Fishbowl scenario is I have to, I'm not going to go 2-0 and this week, so I'm not going to get the wins. I, it depends on points. Uh, I scored, uh, or it depends on Devontae Smith tonight, to be completely honest with you. Devontae Smith has a good game. I think I make it. So everyone watching right now, put your hands up in the sky and say, please, God, please, whoever's out there, the powers that be, Devontae Smith, I need two touchdowns and 200 yards. Let's go. Let's go, Devontae Smith. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And finally, some questions here on Instagram. You traded Barkley before the deadline. We'll see how that goes. What to do with Damian Pierce? Uh, sell wherever you can for anything. Um, tank Dell for James Conner. Keep Tank Dell. Keep Tank Dell for sure. Would you trade your first for Montgomery? no i think i think well um, unless you really need a running back and you're competing but no i think i would keep that first um digs rest of season should be good is derrick henry benchable no unfortunately i'm never benching derrick henry i'm one of those guys so all right guys we did it we did it we answered every question we talked about every game what a show 55 minutes 57 seconds thank you all so much for tuning in as always Love spending my mornings with you guys and being able to talk about football. I hope to see you all tomorrow at the same time on the Player Profiler YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, talking about news, talking about tonight's awesome Eagles-Chiefs game. Y'all have a magnificent Monday and a wonderful rest of your week. Have a good one. Peace.